You did everything the experts taught you. You worked hard. You hired a financial advisor. You stuck to the plan, saved and invested your money. You raised your kids in a loving home and you're ready to enjoy retirement, right? Well, our next guest says no. Tune in and find out how retiring when you aren't ready may be a risk you and your family are not ready to take. As Christians, we were taught to be good stewards over our tithing and giving to the less fortunate. But when it came to our own personal finances and investments, we are clueless in what the Bible says. What does the Bible say about managing debt, leaving a legacy, investing, or even planning for retirement? We answer these and many other questions because we want to teach you how to be rich and righteous. If this is your first time to the show, we want to say welcome. If you're coming back for another spiritual refill, welcome back. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and this is Financial Advisors Say the Darndest Things. On today's show, we're going to talk about mental health. Many times when we think of retiring, we have a 20-page document that goes over expenses, our debts, our tax liabilities, our estate plan, and crucial advocates to carry on our legacy upon our passing. Traditionally, this was everything that you need to enjoy the third stage in your life. But what about your backup retirement? Yes, what about your backup retirement? Our next guest discusses the reasons you should hurry up and get one as if your life depends on it because it does. Join us as we discuss the 90-10 rule for retirement balance, how one financial advisor is leveraging the power of EQ, emotional quotient to save lives, and how he can help you find your identity before you lose it. But before we begin, as always, let's bring God into the conversation and go over today's scripture. It comes from Romans chapter 8, verse 6. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Here, Paul is discussing the duality of life, those who pursue pleasures of the flesh and those that seek pleasure of the spirit, each leading to different outcomes, one death and the other life and peace. I chose today's scripture because I want to draw a parallel between life and our finances. Today, we're going to discuss the dangers of setting our minds strictly on the numbers and how that can lead to the destruction of the investor and how those who focus on the spirit of the financial plan can be led to life and peace. If you are still confused on what this all means, our next guest is going to bring nearly 20 years of experience dealing with the unspoken mental stages of retirement and prepare you for life after yours. So let's pray and get this episode started. Heavenly Father, we come to you seeking clarity. We pray that our eyes are open and our spirits are lifted during this conversation. You have hand chosen our next guest to shoulder the burden to enlighten the world on this subject. I pray that those who are preparing to retire and those who are retired internalize his message and make the necessary changes before it's too late. We consider our next guest a messenger because he is a humble servant whom you have tested with trials and given discernment. May his presence bless the listener today. All of these things we ask in your name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, our next guest is an author, speaker, and financial advisor. He has been providing financial advice to his firm's clients since 2003. 
After having gone through a tragic experience with his own mother, he now approaches financial advice in a different way. His philosophy is, if finances are the only thing we consider, we overlook the well-being of our clients and the long-term satisfaction they'll receive from having a financial plan in place. So allow me to introduce the retirement plan backup advocate, Mr. Tony Hickson. How you doing, Tony? I'm doing well, Olajuwon. Thank you for an opportunity to speak today. Good, good. Well, it's great to have you on. I, I think we're going to change a lot of lives after this episode. I mean, all of my listeners and followers keep asking me, who's this Tony guy? Who's Tony you're talking about? And I must have mentioned you on a few Q&As. Um, I had our newsletter go out. I definitely brought you up in your philosophy oh, you. during some of our client meetings. So I know who you are, but yeah. can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are from your perspective and your mission? Yeah. Well, again, thanks for the opportunity. I hope to meet and hopefully exceed your expectations that <laughs> um, that you've set out for me. So yeah, my name is Tony Hickson. I am a co-founder and chief operating officer of Hickson Zerker Capital Management. Started the firm shortly after I had a failed attempt at being uh, working at a CPA firm, certified public accountant. I did graduate with a degree in accounting, but found myself uh, preparing tax returns and auditing books just didn't fit me very well. Right, right. I wanted to be across the table from clients, uh, impacting their finances directly and looking across the table face-to-face from them, recommending investments, holding their hand and stewarding their wealth along their side through their, through their financial journey. Well, that's awesome. So, so now can you describe the type of business you have? Because there's all financial advisors are not built the same, right? There's broker dealers and there's traders, but you're a fee only advisor. So can you explain the difference between, you know, a traditional financial advisor and what you do as being a fee only advisor and, and hint, hint, I think my listeners know I'm a fee-only advisor too, so listen close. <laughs> oh, this is good. Yeah. Yeah, there's really two ways of, of managing money in the world. The one is commission-based where uh, an individual might say, hey, I, I need I need to re- retire. I need. I have a financial goal I'm trying to, to save for. I would sell you a particular product or an annuity or an insurance product and get paid a commission on that and give each other a high five. And I'd likely never talk to you again because I've been paid for the transaction. Right. The only advisor approaches advising from a relational uh, standpoint. We get paid a very small percentage of a portfolio value and we provide a, ser- a fiduciary service to our clients. We walk alongside our clients through their entire financial journey, not just a transactional journey. And as such, our, we believe that our goals and values are aligned with our clients to consistently protect and increase their wealth. We're not being compensated by commissions. We're being uh, compensated on the service we provide. That's awesome. And and you've been in the business for how long? So yeah, this makes our 20th year in business. We're about ready to have a client event this fall where we get to honor and celebrate the clients who have entrusted us with stewarding their wealth for 20 years. Oh, that is wonderful. And let's put this in perspective. So those who can't see it on YouTube or those who are strictly listening on our audio, on your favorite platforms or whatever it may be, Tony is a well-kept guy, obviously pristine, clean-cut well-spoken, intelligent guy, right? But Tony, was it always like that? Has it always <laughs> been that way? Uh, no, I'm a work in progress. Every day I put two feet on the ground to get better. Something that we that we espouse here at our firm, uh, we, we have four, four values, four core values that make up uh, what we put two feet on the ground to do for our clients every day. Uh, the first is to honor God. We want to make sure that the, the way that we steward our, our clients' wealth uh, honors Him. Right. And that story of the parable that parable that Jesus tells in the in the gospels of the the one who was entrusted with much is expected to to have a return on that investment. Right. So he gave two talents to the one and five talents to the other and they they went away and doubled the investment. 
but to the to the one that, that he gave one talent to, he buried it and gave it back to his master and it was out of fear, did not invest it well. And the master said, go away, you wicked servant. So our goal is to honor God by stewarding our, our client investments well. Uh, to round out the rest of our core values, we believe that integrity, professionalism, and excellence are values that we want to espouse to our clients. And so if you're referring to the, the tie, the professional dress code, the ambiance of our office, we want to display that we, we are a money management firm. Right. And if you're going to pay us to manage your money, we're, we're going to look the part. Hopefully we've been able to live those values out well in our clients. That's uh, it. And then and also too, you know, you're 20 years in a business and I want to put this in perspective to those who are out there too, whether you're a financial advisor, you're an entrepreneur, or you're starting your small business, which is kind of a misnomer because in America, things like over 90% of companies or small businesses. So I think they should just call it businesses and they should call like big businesses, big businesses. But yeah, I, I, I digress, right? It hasn't always been how it is now. How did you start your firm when you first came into being a financial advisor? Was it easy? I mean, did you just come in you have the big offices and how did that come about? To dig a little bit deeper on the story, when I was working at the CPA firm, there is this particular form, if you remember back from from your college days when you were doing uh, some mock tax returns, there is this particular form that you, you, you capture capital gains and losses. It's a right. Schedule D. This is right around 99, 2000, where the tech bubble had burst. Mm. And then fast forward to 2001, where the September 11th terrorist attacks had just occurred. And so our country had been in an economic downturn and in an economic cloud for, for quite some time. And as I was putting together our clients' tax returns, I was seeing uh, Schedule D transactions flow through. Mm. And basically what that revealed to me is that clients were selling really good companies mm. at huge losses. Right. They were selling companies at the low. And Elijah, when I know the way that you run your practice, it, the goal of investing is not to sell low, correct? Right. No, it's not to sell low and buy high, which is the average investor. That's why they only yield about 2% when they try to do it on their own. That's correct. Yeah. And so with professional oversight, we believed that we'd be able to help investors win with their money and invest wisely. And so in 2002, with zero clients, zero assets under management, a desk, a phone, but a passion in our hearts yes. to help individuals make wise decisions with their money. My business partner, Adam Zerker, and I partnered together to desire in our hearts to help steward client investments. And 20 years later, after navigating the 08-09 financial crisis, credit rating downgrade of the U.S. in 2011, after navigating Ebola scares and, and, and Afghanistan war and uh, COVID, whatever large news event you want to right. identify over those past 20 years, we've been able to help those individuals stay calm, stay invested. And today we steward over $300 million in assets under management for around 300 client households in and around the United States. That's beautiful. What role did faith play in your career? Being a successful advisor who started out with nothing, zero AUM, and 20 years later, you have a strong mission um, as a fee-only advisor. So can you explain that process for me? Absolutely. One of the things that, that we believe that, that we offer to the marketplace that's a bit different than, than maybe others is the fact that we don't know what's going to happen next. Right. And we're not overly confident in that except to the extent that we can allow Christ to give us the confidence on, on, on how to handle these situations. And so each and every day we wake up putting two feet on the ground every day and ask for God's guidance. And to any success that we've been able to achieve along the way, 
we've given glory and honor to him. It's nothing that we've done. I don't look in the mirror every day and say, wow, way to go, buddy. I look to the word of God and say, wow, thank you for blessing me, God. Here's a new day. I give it to you. How can I steward my client's wealth well today? That's beautiful. So, so let's, let's continue the conversation and let's dive into what everyone came here to hear, right? Because they might be a little confused. They have the money. They have the financial plan. They have enough money to last them until they are 150, you know, even with all the inflation that's going around now. How can they still be at risk for not retiring happily ever after? Could I answer that with telling of a, of a quick story of what, yeah. what brought me to this point? Feel, feel free. I started my financial career with you know, passion in our hearts and software under my belt and credentials and all the, all the team in place to help my clients make those financial decisions. And that's how we had operated for, for over 10 years. Along came a time in life where my mom had asked me to run some numbers for her. And to give you a bit of background on, on who my mom was, she, she was a registered nurse and she had started her career working swing shift at a, at a local hospital. When she had my sister and I, it was just not conducive to, to growing a family and being right. there for us when, when we were school age. And so she began to shop around for another career, another job. And she found a, a job at a home health agency, which allowed her to have more regular hours. And she was able to be there when we got home from school. She escalated kind of through the ranks as her passion for healthcare industry really took form. And she began to really enjoy the industry aspect of hospice. Uh, Elijah Wan, do you know what hospice is? The hospitals have said, we've done everything that we can. They try to make it a space where it's as comfortable as possible for the person to transition to the other side. That's it. And my mom loved it. I don't know how she did it, but for some reason, God had called her and put that in her heart mm -hmm. to care for those people and the families that surrounded them as they transitioned from this life to the next. Well, around mid 2000s to late 2000s, the digitization of electronic medical records really began to take hold. Mm -hmm. And what my mom found is number one, she hates technology. Right. And number two, she hates being behind a desk. Mm. And that's exactly where she found herself behind a desk, entering electronic medical records for all of her patients and not bedside, which is where she wanted to be. And over several years, she began to really spiral into the worst case of career burnout. I think I've ever seen in my life. And what happened is, is that my dad and my mom, they used a different financial advisor. They separated family from business, which is I think a good thing. And they were ready to retire. My mom was ready to retire from the industry. And so their primary financial advisor whipped out the software and credentialing and experience and, and ran the numbers for her and checked all of the financial boxes and gave my mom a green light. You can retire. But because my mom knew that I had been in the industry, industry at that time for 10 years, this was 2009, 2010. So I'd been in the industry for about eight years and she wanted to allow me to give her a second opinion. And so I also whipped out my financial software, <laughs> my credentialing and my experience and my team. And I arrived at the same conclusion as her primary financial advisor. I checked all of the financial boxes, mom, you're ready to retire. Congratulations. And so in the fall of 2010, she pulled the trigger and she retired heading into the fall and wintertime and here in Northwest Ohio, something begins to happen in our world. Things start to, to die. The seasons become real. The sun begins to set earlier and darkness and death begin to of, of grass and trees all begin to surround. And through that winter season, she experienced her own mental winter as well. Mm. as um, she had done the very hard work of making sure that she had enough money to sleep at night, right. but she did not do the hard work of finding enough purpose to get up mm. in the morning. 
And she found herself wandering mentally from wondering if she, why she was here, what was her identity, what was her purpose, and she could not find a bottom or an answer to that question. Wow. And on March 22nd, 2011, my mom, Pam Hickson, um, chose, chose to take her life. That decision would change the course of history in so many people's lives. The man that she married, my dad, her high school sweetheart, was now left with 20 or 30 or 40 years of retirement with no one to spend it with. She left me and my sister and our families. Uh, I had two, I have two daughters at the time that were ages five and three, and they had just lost their grandmother. My wife was seven months pregnant with her, what would have been her first grandson at the time. The ripple effects of her decision have, are still being felt to this day, but it changed me for the better. I chose to make that turn this stumbling block into stepping stones. I chose to turn this tragedy into a triumph. No longer do I view retirement from a financial box perspective only, but rather we look at it from a non-financial aspect too, to ensure that the retiree is prepared for what's next, for, to occupy their time, to build their social connections, to ensure their physical activities are met, and to ensure that they continue to live a life of legacy beyond retirement. Wow, that is a beautiful story. And thank you for sharing that that very intimate and, and vulnerable moment. Um, I think it's very powerful because I think a lot of people listening, I'm sorry, you got me a little bit choked up on this side as well. So if my voice doesn't come as smooth to my listeners, I, I, I highly apologize. But when you, know, you hear Tony's story, you can't help but to think about your own life and think about your own family, You know, whether it's the separation of assets to other primary advisors or whatever it may be because you always work in the best interest of your client. You know, sometimes you don't want to, even though he's managing over 300 million in assets, you know, sometimes you just don't want to mix family bonds where God has created with a business aspect that comes and goes. You, you, you really want to respect that relationship and keep it as loving and not as tainted at all. Yeah, that's right. I kind of want to talk about something that you talked about as well. The transition or the, the progression toward that moment me and you had a conversation earlier about the 90-10 rule. And, and for my listeners who were, you know, have heard these terms before, 90-10 or 80-20, those numbers themselves were not significant. So once again, as we talked about the scriptures, the, the concept of dealing strictly with numbers and not the spirit of the numbers, right? The spirit of the numbers is that the ratio is distorted. It is heavily weighted on one side, and there's a distinguishable difference between the results of two separate outcomes. Um, so Tony, can you break down the issues leading up to that moment where, you know, your mom had this 90, 10 kind of perspective, you know, 90% was like, Hey, this is all financial, but what about the transition after retirement? Can you speak on that? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Often the, the ratio is, is that 90% of a, a pre-retirement 90% of the time is, is really spent on making sure that the financial boxes are checked right. and 10% is kind of shrugging the shoulders. Like, yeah, I'll find something to do, but I'm not worried about it yet. The American ideal of retirement is a really long vacation, but then entering into retirement, oftentimes a retiree can find themselves a bit, a bit wandering as right. uh, the vacation and all the things that they thought would fill their time sure. end up not filling it by, by near as much. And so at that moment, the ratio flips and it becomes 10% of the time is, is really thought about financial things. And 90% of the time is asking the question, who am I? Why do I exist? What purposes do I fulfill? 
And upon retirement, within the first two years, uh, studies do show that there is an increase in depression rates amongst retirees within the first two years after that transition. Mm. And also the divorce rate increases within the first two years of retirement. Wow. And that mainly is because, you know, the husband has been spending this career track. The wife has been spending that career track. And upon retirement, they're together all the time. <laughs> right. And if they're not prepared for what does that look like? You know, I married you, but I didn't know for sure that we were going to eat lunch every day for the rest of our lives. I don't want to spend all of that time. If, if that isn't talked through pre-retirement, if that isn't worked on pre-retirement, depression and divorce rates can, can, can become a victim of that. What we, what we want to preach is to ensure that that is thought through pre-retirement to avoid those types of mental anguishes that don't need to occur. So, so Tony, can we talk about maybe some of those limiting beliefs? That 90-10, so prior to retirement, people are afraid to talk to financial advisors, think, hey, I'm giving up my autonomy. Like, I want to control my finances. I'm, can you talk to the people out there that are going, well, I don't need a financial advisor right now because I'm secure. I have the money that I need. And can you let them know that maybe we need to make a mental shift on not just focusing if you're okay to retire, but what is your life going to do when you transition? So changing retirement as a quitting of a life as more of a transition into another one. Yeah, that's right. Retiring from success to significance. Uh, oftentimes upon retirement, you do find yourself with extra time. And the most dangerous thing a retiree can do with that, that extra time is to watch TV. Oftentimes they flip directly to CNBC or some other financial channel and all of a sudden anxiety starts to percolate within their hearts and mm. they become quote smarter than their financial advisor. <laughs> Why am I paying this guy when I'm looking at this person on the screen or watching that commercial? I think I should buy this, that, and the other and I right. can do better than the financial advisor can. Wow. However, going back to my our prior conversation, we exist, financial advisors exist to help prevent those behavioral mistakes, which is selling at the low. Our goal is to help stay invested, which is the antidote to compounding wealth over the long term. The retiree's goal is to keep the TV off, to trust their financial advisor, to make the right decisions on their behalf so that you as a retiree can live the retirement of your dreams. That, that's beautiful. I had a guest on my show Kimberly Spencer, she's a certified life coach. And during our conversation, we spoke about the freedom of choice and the power of choice. Power of choice being the impact uh, a conscious choice can make in altering your life from a negative to a positive or pre-retirement to retirement. And freedom of choice, which is the space and allowance to make such decisions, both being absolutely necessary for a successful change. Well, this leads me to my next question. What happens to us mentally when we don't make a conscious choice of who we want to be when we retire? Well, I think my mom is a, is a classic example. She didn't make that conscious choice. She wasn't sure what to do. She was, her mind had wandered so much that it was hard to bring her back around. And ultimately, obviously, not every retirement ends in the tragedy that I've shared with you today. But for that retiree to be able to make the conscious choice that anxiety and depression will not result during this transition phase. My marriage will be strong after this transition. Those are the conscious choices. I will stick with my financial advisor. I will heed his or her advice. I will hire that life coach to ensure success beyond retirement and the line in the sand that these retirees do need to make. Wow. This is a great conversation. We do have to take a short break. We'll be back with more from Tony after this brief message from AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, where we provide investment advice from a biblical perspective. 
If you're struggling with your finances and looking for an advisor that shares your faith and not just your zip code, be sure to schedule your free consultation at www.adrwealthmanagement.com backslash consultation. If you love the podcast, we are sure you'll also love our faith and finance blog that releases new posts every Tuesday and Thursday, where you can find more articles on faith, finances, and how to avoid some of those financial pitfalls so you can retire and stay retired happily ever after. Just go to our website, click on Christian Media, and you'll have access to all the resources we provide for Christian investors like you for free. Before we get back to the show, let me just say, make sure you also follow us on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest, and YouTube. Just Google AB Ridgeway Wealth Management or check the description below and all links will be provided. Um, Keep checking back because our merchandise store is coming soon. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. If you're joining us, we were just going to go into the second half of our conversation today with Tony Hickson, author, speaker, financial advisor. We've had a very intimate conversation up to this point, and we've explored a lot of interesting topics when it comes to retirement and our mental health. We talked about the problems, but I want to make a transition now to some solutions. Recently, you were featured in an article in Nerd Wallet, written by Liz West entitled, the mental health risk of retiring, where you share your mother's story and you state that due to her retiring before she was prepared, she lost purpose, she lost significance, she lost a sense of meaning in her life. Now, I'll leave a link in the description for our listeners to go check it out. But in that same interview, you said that that experience changed how you ran your financial planning practice. And you wrote about that experience in your book, Retirement Stepping Stones, Find Meaning, Live With Purpose, and leave a legacy. So can you tell us a little bit more about that process of writing that book? Backtrack to 2017. And my wife and I, as a result of this, this tragedy, we, we really wanted to honor my mom the best we knew how. And an idea came to mind that we could start a scholarship fund at a local university where that scholarship could bless a nursing student who displayed good grades and financial need. And up long, you know, this is 2017, so I hadn't articulated the story near as well as I did earlier today, but yet I wanted to tell the university why my wife, Carrie, and I were going to start this scholarship fund. And upon hearing that story, the, the development officer looked at me and said, Tony, there's a book inside you. You just don't know it yet. Wow. I stuck that in the back of my mind and I kind of thought a book, man, I, I don't know if I can write a book, but yet I couldn't let the idea go. I thought of myself as a fairly decent financial advisor, but never an an, an author. However, the idea continued to make more and more sense to me as I understood more and more about my ability to meet one-on-one and telling the story and helping the 300 clients that we have, but I wanted to help more. I wanted to honor my mom's legacy to be able to help not just hundreds, but thousands. And in order to, to be able to do that, I felt like a book was the best mechanism. And so in late 2019, I sat down at my desk one afternoon I opened up a brand new Microsoft Word document and I put the first word, 35,000 more would follow. But I put the first word, uh, I typed it into my screen and the word was gray. Hmm. And when you think about the word gray, uh, the color gray, it's colorless, right? Right. And basically that described the moment that I got the call from my dad that that my mom had taken her life it was march there was no sunshine it was cold and gray spring had not yet sprung winter had not lost its grip yet and the words that would follow i wanted to provide more and more color 
to turn that gray into a rainbow, into a mosaic, into an awesome picture for a retiree to be able to read through and hear the tragedy that occurred from, from my life, but see the triumph that is a result. Mm. And to honor mom's legacy as that picture unfolds over the next 35,000 words into a beautiful mosaic of stepping stones that a retiree can take to find meaning, live with purpose, and leave a legacy. Wow. And, and that key word there, legacy, passing on your values, you know, what you believe in and putting it into a book. I think that was very valuable because the people who are listening right now, they can't fly down to your office and meet you and talk to you and hear your story. And thank God that they're listening to this podcast because they have an opportunity to meet a man that they may not have been able to meet walking down the street. If you're, if you're listening, you, you can't see what, what he looks like. He's, he's very casual. If you're walking down the street, you, you would never know his story. But Tony's not unique in that aspect. Everybody you meet has a story you haven't heard. And it's very important that we sit and we actually listen to some of these people and what they're actually saying to us. And it kind of leads me to my next point here about values. And, and one key concept that financial advisors constantly talk about are goals. But I kind of want to rephrase that a little bit for our conversation. It's about finding your values. So I want to ask Tony, how do you help clients identify the values that are important to them, better yet, which ones are important enough to pass on? Good question, Elijah Wan. And ultimately, I'm going to answer that a couple of ways. The first is pre-hiring a life coach and, and, now that, and now what we do currently. Before hiring a life coach, what I would often do is help talk to our clients about what activities did they have during their career that really drove excitement for them. Hmm. Perhaps they were able to serve on a local nonprofit board. Perhaps they served in their church. Perhaps they mentored a younger person or they coached softball or a baseball team. These are starts of ideas for what they could identify as what they value the most. Mm. And once I would get a client's answer to that question, we would start to peel back the layers more and more. Well, if this is what you're valuing, if you're valuing teaching the next generation character qualities, how can that be lived out in retirement? Perhaps volunteering at your local school or teaching a Sunday school or reading to younger children at your local library. If that value is important to you, I have a liturgy of ideas for you to be able to express that value upon retirement. Because I believe that upon retirement, it is not an extended vacation. Right. You've spent an entire career, 20, 30, sometimes 40 years building a unique skill set. How dare we waste that skill set upon retirement? We, th I think that we can continue to bless others by the skill sets we've learned during our careers yeah. and live those out and continue to bless humanity. I would say then currently, as a result of the book and as a result of this movement, we did hire a life coach uh, in our firm. So we have a wealth management firm. We're still doing all of that. And the life coach arm of our firm is now in full swing where we're wow. offering workshops and private coaching to our clients. And when we get to the identify your values portion of the conversation, we actually have a, a deck of cards and our life coach, his name is Scott Miller. He puts the deck of cards in, in front of the client and there's 52 values that are each positioned on these, on this deck of cards and the wow. definition are, are there. And so it's very easy for a client to then go through the process uh, where they begin to sort down and sort through what they would identify as their top five values. And then that begins the impetus of a conversation that can be had as to how to live those values out in their retirement years. Wow. 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 And I say this with all honesty, you are ahead of the curve. I don't know if you know this or not, but the CFP board and other educational services in the financial industry are leaning toward 
the psychological aspect of financial planning. They're trying to incorporate it into the literature because as you said before, it's not strictly about the numbers. Sometimes it's about the mindset and shifting that mindset to align your values and what you want to get accomplished in this life with the numbers. Because the numbers in and of themselves, as we said in the scripture, are meaningless. Basically, they're just strictly numbers. We have to give significance to it. So if I said four, what does four mean to you? It's two plus two. Two plus two. You know what four means to me? I have four children. That gives it context. So when we're talking about, do you have enough to retire? We're talking about, do you have enough to transition into your third life? Because we've been at a job for 20 years, 30 years. Our identity is tied into our job. And when we, we quit or we transition or we move, we lose that sense of identity and we don't, we're lost. And we really don't know exactly what we're going to do. We don't have a plan B. And that's why I want you to take away from this conversation. Tony talks about the backup retirement plan. So yes, he's going to give you a traditional financial plan with all the, the nice numbers and everything else like that. Analytics are good. I don't know if any of you watch basketball, but analytics are fine, but sometimes they get overwhelming and it takes away from the spirit of the game. I don't need to know that LeBron James hit 14 of the last 15. It doesn't matter if he's not in the right spirit, he's going to miss the next one, whether the analytics show it or not, right? That's the same thing with these numbers. Even if they say you're going to retire safely and securely, what does that actually mean if you don't have the, the values? And one more point I want to make too about legacy and passing on your values. For those listening, remember, a legacy is not something that you leave for people. A legacy is something you leave in people. Who you are how you work, your, you know, the biggest risk to people's financial net worth is not necessarily in poor investments or tax implications. It's a communication breakdown between generations to generation. They're not teaching them how to handle their funds. They're not teaching them how to transfer the funds or how to invest or how to save. Make sure that you're having those conversations with the people you're leaving behind because that's going to be your legacy. Well, Tony, I want to do something different with you today. Okay. I want to do a segment bear with me, call 10 for 10. It's a new segment. You, you are the first. You're the first to do 10 for 10. So, wow. so I feel you, honored. <laughs> so not to be confused with 30 for 30. I don't want to get sued by ESPN. No. The way this works is that I'm going to ask you a set of 10 questions and you get 10 seconds to answer each question. Are you okay. ready? I'll see what how I see what I can do. You got the timer out, ready to go? I got I have the timer. I have the timer ready. <laughs> All right. This will be fun. Let's go. First question. What motivated you to share such a personal and emotional story? Our industry has been so guilty of focusing on the numbers only. I wanted to open up the conversation to talk about the non-financial standpoint of retirement. Perfect. Ten on the dot. Number two, why aren't numbers enough when planning for retirement? Because they only tell 10% of the story. The other 90% is what you're retiring to, how you can continue to find meaning, live with purpose, and leave a legacy. You're two for two, Tony. Number three, what other resources would you recommend for someone going through what your mother experienced? Uh, I would recommend any work from Mitch Anthony, and I would also recommend any counseling that your local church might provide. Four. What's the most overlooked aspect of retirement planning from both a mental and financial perspective? Being quiet, listening to the client speak, asking the question and shutting up and allowing them to tell you their story. Five, what can those approaching retirement do to prepare for the psychological changes of retirement? 
not only stick, stick with and listen to their financial advisor, but to hire a life coach or read my book, Retirement Stepping Stones. Six, when should people begin thinking seriously about retirement? Today. Seven, what are some of the biggest misconceptions about financial planning for retirement? Um, it's a good one. Financial planning, uh, misconceptions that uh, ah, a million Tony, that's 10 seconds. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> keep rolling. We keep rolling. Number eight. Why is it important to identify your values and define your dreams? So that upon retirement, you can continue the success that you've built through your career and continue to bless humanity and allow it to thrive and survive because you live on purpose. Nine, why do you recommend a retirement backup plan? Retirement isn't for everyone. Upon entering it, it may be your biggest regret, like it was my mom's. If you have a backup plan, you can exit retirement. It's called the Tom Brady plan. <laughs> exit retirement and um, do something else and different with your life. Ten, where can the listeners buy your book? Head over to TonyHickson.com forward slash book. And on there, you can purchase the book from any platform of your choice, including the audiobook or ebook, all available there. Great job, Tony. I want to thank you for coming on the show. We've learned so much from you today. Can you take this opportunity to tell the audience where they can find you and they can learn more? Yeah, Elijah, Wan, thank you for the opportunity to speak today. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Fairly active on Facebook. Um, I'm that generation where Facebook's kind of the thing. So Tony Hickson SEMA, Certified Investment Management Analyst. So Tony Hickson SEMA is my handle there. And I'm also active on LinkedIn, which is also Tony Hickson SEMA. It's perfect. Perfect. Any last thoughts? There was a point in time where I almost gave up on this whole project. It was, it was an arduous project to say the least <laughs> to uh, put words on a page. Right. 35,000 words may not seem like a lot to some, but working a full-time job uh, and writing this story was, was very, was very hard and, and difficult, but I knew that mom's story uh, needed to be needed to be told. And I hired a, a publisher along the way to help me craft the story and, and help me get it to market, to put a, a book cover around it. I had no idea what to do. And so this publisher helped walk me through it. That's awesome. And in late 2020, so after having navigated COVID with, with my clients and also writing a book on top of that, I did submit my manuscript uh, to my publisher and they put it to the first round called a, of, of edits called a developmental edit. And my manuscript was assigned to a particular person out of California. Her name was Pam. And I was interested enough to kind of Google her and, and, and understand who is this person that will be editing my, developmentally editing my, editing my book. And I found out that Pam was a doctor of literary science from Harvard. Wow. And I thought, <laughs> hmm, this will be an interesting. This will be uh, interesting. <laughs> well, about four weeks later... Pam got my manuscript back to me and Elijah one used the track changes in Microsoft Word. You've seen what it turns it red, right? When that right, happens, right. I opened up my manuscript and I saw a sea of red. Wow. There was so much markups and changes and thoughts and, and questions and comments. I was completely overwhelmed. And if I'm to be honest with you, I was devastated. Right. I thought I was a halfway decent writer and I was ready to get this book out into the world. And, and I got this and I kind of went through the seven stages of grief. And the first one was just anger. And I got home that night to my wife and I started complaining about how this person had destroyed my work. Right. And the next day at the office, I, I complained to my business partner and I said, look what she's done. It's not hardly even mine anymore. Right. 
And then I shook my fist at God. And I said, what are you doing here? I've poured my life into this project, a year and a half of time and, and commitment into this thing. And, and it's, it's destroyed. What have you done? And I've never heard God's audible voice, but I would say that in my spirit at that moment, I heard him say, hey, Tony, I assigned you to a doctor of literary science from Harvard. Mm. You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> and with that, my mindset changed and I became grateful for Pam who took the time, four weeks of her life, to comb through that book to make it what it is today. It went through two more rounds of edits before it actually launched. Wow. And while it took me five weeks to go through her edits, and while I was in that process of combing through her edits, I wanted to connect with a good friend of mine, an, an older mentor who had just retired in September of the prior year, September of 2020. And now knowing what happened to my mom, my radar is alert for those retirees who retire in the fall heading into winter. Right. And so I shot a text to him. We'll call him Joe. He was a retired CEO of a, of a company. And he said, sure, let's get together for coffee. And so in a downtown coffee shop, we got together. And as I saw him uh, walk into the, into the shop, I saw a semblance of the man I once knew. He seemed down. He seemed different. Something wasn't quite right. And as I sat across the table from him, I realized that something was, was desperately wrong. Mm. And I looked him in the eyes and I said, Joe, how's, how's retirement? And as God would have it, Joe was vulnerable with me that day. And he said, Tony, it's not going well. Wow. He said, I've spent the past two years with my wife and I and my financial advisor checking all of the financial boxes. And I sit here today and I've got all the bills paid and vacations booked, but I'm bored. Mm -hmm. I'm purposeless. My life fe feels meaningless and I don't know what to do. Elijah Wan, I was in the midst of those rounds of edits to say that I knew my content is an understatement. Right. I knew it stone cold. And for the next hour, I looked Joe in the eye and I delivered these stepping stones to him one at a time. And I began to see the scales fall from his eyes mm. as he saw the story of my mom and how I've changed this into a triumphant story where I could help a guy like him. And as we left uh, the coffee shop that day, we embraced and I saw a smile on his face for the first time since we had met. Later that afternoon, my wife came into town and we had lunch and I was, I was telling her the story, just excited as I could be that the book hadn't even been released. It was right. still in a manuscript phase and I was already helping others look what impact and legacy that mom was leaving. And she was excited with me and all of a sudden on my phone, I saw a text from Joe. Mm -hmm. I said, Carrie, is it okay? Can I, can I check that? I hate when married couples stare at their phones <laughs> during lunch, right? Right, right. And I'm like, yeah, can I check my phone? And she said, yeah, please do. And I opened, I opened text from Joe. And the text read, Tony, thank you for your time. Whether you know it or not, today, you quite literally saved a life. And Elijah Wan, I don't know the extent of what that meant. But what I know is that my mom was a nurse and as such, she cared for her patients well. And I'm a financial advisor. And as such, I care for my clients well. And today through this book, through this platform, through this podcast, I'm able to connect my purpose with hers as we seek to enable and to help retirees live a life of meaning and purpose and legacy beyond retirement. Ladies and gentlemen, if, if 
if this does not motivate you to make a change today, I don't know what will. This is an example of true passion and self-centeredness and not in the egotistical sense. As a, as a man who knows his position, he is centered in God and he knows his mission. So when you tell me you, you have a mission to change the world, just understand I've met people like Tony who truly has a mission that permeates every action that he does. God has a purpose. Can you imagine if he would have gave up on that project? If he would have thrown away that manuscript and said, you know what, I'm not going to do it. And his friend walked into that coffee shop. He could not save a life that day. So what God is putting you through, I want you to internalize it. And maybe, maybe the lesson is not for you. That lesson is not for you, but maybe God wants you to carry it, to deliver it to a friend that couldn't handle the trial, but he needed the redemption. I told you when I first started that Tony was a messenger, didn't I? So you got to feel exactly what I knew. And now as we listen to his story of his progress, listen, he's successful. We know that. His business is doing great. But the thing is, it's not the money that drives Tony. Tony could talk about all the things that he has and all the things that he's done and all the places he's gone. But what is he trying to do? He's trying to save you. And he's trying to make sure that your life is saved. He is not going to allow additional lives to be lost with information he knows he has for you. This is not about a book. So those who are listening with a skeptical spirit, I want you to let it go. This is about a man who has contained his pain into some pages to help save lives that he can't reach. He is one man with one message who's trying to go on these platforms to spread it. He's not here to sell you a book. He's here to sell you on a message that there's something that you need to do and you could do it now. Not to wait till tomorrow. He said, when can you start getting prepared for retirement now? When can you prepare your mental health for when you transition now? And he has the guy for you. And I want you to go there. And I want you to hear his message. You've heard his voice. You've heard his passion. You've heard his mission. Now I need you to go and read his words. I need you to be transformed through it. Tony, I wonder... Thank you once again for sharing these stories with you because it makes it real. If you're on stage somewhere, maybe people may tune you out. But intimately here, one-on-one, -on -one, just them in their cars, at the gym, walking their dog by the lake, they know you're talking directly to them. Hmm. Now, I have a segment called Once in a Lifetime. And what I ask is my guests to give one piece of information that took them a lifetime to learn, so our guests can be just like them. Well, Elijah one, I really appreciate this platform and this opportunity. It's like uh, we're in the, that same coffee shop talking as uh, brothers in Christ across the table. So yes. I've certainly appreciated this opportunity. What's taken me a lifetime to learn is that the best is always ahead. Yes. I've read the Bible, Genesis through the maps, and in <laughs> the end we win. And while I can get bogged down in the news or in Facebook doom scrolling, 
or in the whatever pessimistic conversation du jour that might take place on any given um, circle of, of, of conversation. I refuse to allow that to define me. Wow. I have an abundance mindset, an optimistic mindset, and I truly believe with every fiber of my being that the only thing that's better than today is tomorrow. The best is ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you've been blessed. Don't worry. This may not be the last time that you hear from Tony. As many of our listeners know that we are planning to have an end of the year reunion for all of our guests and have a roundtable discussion. So if you've enjoyed this episode, make sure that you send us an email at info at abrwealthmanagement.com. Comment underneath our post on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and vote for your favorite guest. All links will be in the description below that were mentioned in this podcast. That is it from us today. And we pray you continue to pursue your journey of being rich and righteous. I hope that you've been blessed. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should have God in it. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. New episodes are available every Friday, so be sure to subscribe. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite platforms, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and more. Or simply visit our website and join our family. I am A.B. Ridgeway, and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah One Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces a podcast show and makes it available on its website and through other distribution channels. Elijah Ridgeway and any guests on the podcast are providing their own views and opinion are not necessarily the views and opinions of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any specific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management client pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the Darnest Thing podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decisions. Instead, please consult a financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.